Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, episode number 206, which is a much, much sillier number in French. This podcast is going live for everyone, March 2nd, two days early, February 28th, for our patrons. Wow, that's a weird one, because <coughs> usually you would think two days earlier from, like, the first or second of a month would have a three in it, but, you know, February is that weird little short month. Mm. Mm. Uh, this is was at several points in human history for a most of the podcast. time yeah. <laughs> uh there's been a bit of a gap um uh, apologies uh a lot i guess of life happened we had a whole convoy occupy ottawa there's a world war starting um but none of that affected me personally i was just lazy um <laughs> nor me uh, but i did i did get to unfollow a lot of people on instagram and facebook that just went shut went full trucker oh yeah. they wouldn't shut up i'm like okay well i don't need to talk i don't need to follow this person i worked with like eight years ago so yeah good good week to call i think good time in your life to call you know what was that thing you told me steve three things you can, you can think about three things you get to, you get to focus on three there's so much garbage in the world mm-hmm. it's mentally exhausting and impossible to focus on all the things like mm-hmm. like we said like you said off the thing like 10 countries got bombed yesterday or whatever not to mention mm-hmm. all the epidemics and all the other issues in north korea blah 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 so you get to focus on like three things that are bad <clears throat> to sort of put your energy into. And I never begrudge someone who like seems really passionate about something that I don't really give a shit about. Thank but, God that makes this show work. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, and then I just mute them. So like anyone who's like super pro Russia or super pro Ukrainian, they have their mm. reasons. And I'm just like, I'm just going to mute you, man. Cause this really doesn't like as bad as it sounds. I, I usually just like kind of donate money and then just, to like the side that I'm like, okay, I'll support this. Mm. And then, and then I just sort of keep quiet about it. Um, mm-hmm. Cause there's, you know, whereas, and then if something's like heart and stroke foundation, I'm very passionate about because of my dad. So I mm-hmm. focus on that terrible thing. Cause I don't have the energy to focus on fucking all the other terrible things in the world. So you get three things in your life. You get three, you get three, you get three. <laughs> Everyone Man. gets three. Yeah. Number one, so find labor, your game unions. Yeah. Number two, I don't know, <laughs> communism. This is a show covering all the games. <laughs> it's only bad Canada. things. Bad things. Uh, true. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. And the people who create them, like me. I make games, Steve, and increasingly feels like something I want to do less of. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, this podcast will help us reinvigorate. Um, you can support this podcast if you want. Patreon.com slash devs. We'll give you the pod two days early, special channel on the Discord. Uh, we've given out gaming event discounts for stuff like EGLX. Um, we'll list your name at the end of every episode if you back us at the credited tier or higher. <coughs> um, of course, since this is a show about Canada, um, you'd think <laughs> maybe we would point people towards places to donate for, I don't know, Ukraine and stuff. There's also like so much misinformation right now about where to donate. Like I've seen some places that are just straight up links to like the Ukrainian military just put out a Patreon and I'm like, I'm, a Patreon. I saw yeah, it. Like, <laughs> was it Ukraine? Someone, someone Ukrainian tweeted their like Bitcoin wallet. Yes. Yeah. So like I would, you know, I think, I think I, th- the safest place to donate to that, if you want, is probably just the Red Cross. They yeah. generally just go in and help and the stem the bleeding, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, think- I would not if you're if you're anti-war, which I hope everyone listening is, please do not give money to any military force that they can buy more things with to kill people. 
um, that won't help anyone. <laughs> I, I usually gauge towards the civilian stuff. Like when it was Palestine, I, I donated to mm, Palestinian Relief Fund. Yeah, it was something that focused on like the hospital, like specifically, I think kids' hospitals mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. were you know getting bombed. So that's Thanks, where I Israel. usually direct. My, <laughs> that's usually where I direct my my money. Um, and yeah, I think Red Cross literally has like a thing on their website for, yeah, they're, they're going to be there. They're going to be trying to help. And I think that's how you should support them. But as this is a Canadian show, and if you are upset about the annexation of sovereign land and the abuse of, uh, people's long trampled under the heels of capitalists and war profiteers, I would support the Wet'suwet'en land defenders, um, out in what is known as BC stop people try and drill oil lines through forests and natural water reserves and we've been plugging them for a while so that's top of the show i did uh i did get my receipt for the indian residential school survivor society as well good good they're doing good work too and like a part of it is like stemming the bleeding and then a lot of it and i think what they do is sort of you know after the fact like how do we deal with trauma how do we yeah, find a reason to keep going which is something i'm increasingly also curious about oh there's no there's no reason (laughs) <laughs> Elden Ring is that reason. That's true. It's down. I actually just downloaded it, Steve. My friend Jake bought it, and shout out to Jake keeping me. I'm his best man. I'm gonna be a, not a best man. What's the one below best man on the hierarchy? Uh, I don't a know. Groomsman. You're, I'm gonna you're be a groomsman. groomsman. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm gonna be a groomsman <coughs> for the first time. So shout out to Jake. Oh, nice, nice. Um, congrats. Yeah. Jake. So thanks, thanks. No, yes, congrats to him. Yeah, congrats to, congrats to, to me. Sure, whatever. <laughs> no, so teaser for the show this week. I have a bunch of things I've been pulling out of the news about Bioware that I really just want to break down with you, Steve. It's mm-hmm. it's it's just a mess. It is a mess, and I, I look forward to you clearing it up for me with no bias. <laughs> I have... <laughs> We've had um, developers who, who we trust in, in our DMs, as we reported a bit about, uh, I think I published a rather cheeky, what was the headline here? Report, next Dragon Age delayed out of 2022, and then I took the not actual gameplay uh, thing at the bottom of their Bioware trailer and just made that the thumbnail. Um, and that prompted a couple <laughs> people to like DM and, and, and tell us about Bioware experiences they'd had working there, and specifically around Mark Dara, the former lead on Dragon Age 4. Um, yeah, things I want to talk about. Obviously, anonymity, and, and we're not going to name names, but you know, there's things, there's rumblings we've heard and news stories we can talk about. And yeah, let's do that. But before we get to that, Steve, we have loads of jobs for those out there who like getting paid to make games. First up, Butterware Studios is looking for a game dev um, in Unity as well as Game Maker Studio. Um, they're open to remote. Insert Coin Accounting, also open to remote, I believe, although they're in Toronto. It's looking for an accounting and tax associate and an accounting and tax manager job. It's so interesting that I guess, like, you know, we're, well, pardon my cats in the background. We're a, like, game dev developer site, but Insert Coin is specifically focusing in on, like, accounting for game studios. So, you know, I think you and I are both like, yeah, accounting, if you're an accounting and tax associate or manager and you are super interested in games. This is probably like one of the most specific rare jobs for you. Yeah. <laughs> you should definitely check out. Um, the, the salary in there is posted. I forget what it is, but I remember it being pretty high. So even good. if you're, you're not qualified for it, but you want to make some bank, this might be an industry you want to get And out. also it's games. Games are <laughs> fun. Um, Outfusion is hiring back-end and front-end developers uh, remotely. Crimson Herring Studios is hiring a project manager, also open for remote, as well as Kixi, 
another studio in BC looking for devs, leads, vice president, and more. Loads of jobs from them. Uh, they're open for anywhere remote in Canada or if you want to work in their Victoria office in BC. All of those, again, on the site. My cats are my cats are screaming. I don't know if that's picking up, but I, I heard I, I haven't heard any of the previous cat ones, but I heard that one. So okay, uh, that is all on the site CanadianGameDevs dot com slash jobs. Uh, two games developed in Canada. I want to plug that also released in the past. Uh, whenever several games probably did, but uh, two I want to pull out between this podcast and the last Burger Patrol from Vagabond Dog in Toronto. Um, probably one of the all time up and coming scrappy. You know, they're kind of like a permanent scrappy dev to me. You know what I mean? Like, I know they're established and successful and, like, have been doing this long enough. To, like, once you make this many games and do it full time, you're, you're clearly established. Mm-hmm. But they just feel scrappy to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we went on their Twitch channel and, like, in the background was just, like, old signs from cons and, like, a big rickety, like, you know, those Walmart black plastic <laughs> shelves that stuff gets stacked on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's the vibe. And I like it. Their new game. Steve, for puzzle fans, is called Burger Patrol. Match fast-falling tiles to create delicious burgers that fuel your spaceship on a long journey home. Enjoy six game modes with leaderboards. It's a rather small project in scope. It's uh, only three bucks on Steam, but it looks pretty sick. You're, the the UI is sort of like a cockpit where you got your two, um, you know, what are the, where like you hold you like you grip like a Lego man, like each thing with the dot on it that you use to shoot you know what i mean like star wars style cockpit mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and then in the middle of that where your like reticle would be is like the matching game you're playing with like components of burgers and buns dropping and i think you have to like if i'm understanding this trailer right it is just a matching game um but as you match then you make um stuff to shoot out i wonder if you're shooting the burgers what do you think steve burger patrol i feel like you're i don't know is there a trailer yeah, they got the Steam page up, two ninety nine. Um, the six modes are normal, easy, chill, as well as three minute, five minute, ten minute. See how high a score you can get in that amount of time. Whereas the previous ones endless. <clears throat> Let's see if we got any funny uh, user reviews. Do do do. Fun little puzzle game that is only hindered by my apparent inability to remember that you can't rotate the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> it does look pretty sweet. Salty, actually. Savory. Um, and then another game that released also space-themed <clears throat> this past month, I guess. Uh, Breakout Recharged from Adam Vision Studios in BC. Oh, this yeah. Is, this is just the breakout. Um, so Adam Vision has been working on a couple classic arcade games. Like, they did Asteroids Recharged, Black Centipede. Widow Recharged, Centipede Recharged. Exactly. So this is obviously the next logical step. <clears throat> Breakout, you know, the Brick Breaker. You know, everyone's seen a Brick Breaker game. If you've used an iPod ever, you've probably played, played Brick Breaker or, like, messed around on free freeware games in class on a computer. Um, Steve, computers in, in classes developed around, like, the early 2000s. You could, like, type up your essays on them instead of a, a chisel and a stone tablet. <laughs> No, I, I know that. <laughs> uh, breakout Recharge, quote, The original Brick Breaker returns with its toughest challenge yet. Survive as long as you can in an arcade or take on one of the 50 challenges picking up game-changing power-ups along the way. Very smooth-looking game. Um, yeah. It's, it's I, have the, I have the Centipede like on my wish list, and I see it every time. It's only like 10 bucks. I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. Centipede's good, man. But you know what? I'm a 
huge suck for Breakout. So this is I like love a much Breakout. Because the last break, big Canadian Breakout game was uh, Twin. What was the Twin, what was twin Breakers? I think Twin yeah. Breakers from Lily Mo and Guelph. So yeah, definitely like you know an established genre, hard mm-hmm. to innovate in. But this is straight up just Breakout back for more. Plus, there's there's you don't get a lot of Breakout Break breakout games so like when a new one comes along you're just like Ooh. yeah especially like the atari labels on it like and the the trailer opens with like an old 70s living room tv with like the wood paneling and it like zooms in as it's playing the og breakout for the uh what was it atari 2600 2600 was the big one yeah man yeah so you know they if, if you want that nostalgia factor in your breaker game this will definitely have it have you, have you ever seen an atari 2600 have you i haven't oh man I couldn't even tell you what the top looks like. Is that the one where the, jo- the is like the cliche red topped joystick? Like that's with the red button. Like that's yeah, exactly. Like it was just a joystick and a red button, and then the top it looks like I mean it's like this brown black rigidy thingy, and you put the cartridge kind of at the very top. My godparents had one that I played. Nice like Pac Man and some ghost game and. Well, that Pac-Man. Pac-Man port was rough. I know that. Yeah, I didn't know that when I was like ten playing it. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was, apparently it's like a terror. Like one of the reasons why Atari like failed or whatever. That an ET. Man. I did play ET, not on an Atari, but you like played on, ET. Yeah, not on You're an the first Apple person Atari. I've ever met who's played it. My fr- my friend had um, back like xbox like he modded mm. his xbox to just have all the entire atari collection on it that's awesome and uh, i was like oh i want to play et and he's like no you don't i was like no i want to i want to see this thing and yeah sure <laughs> enough i played for like yeah so i was like what the fuck am i even supposed to do the rumors were true uh it sucked anywho that's it for canadian releases i wanted to highlight oh and, and nobody saves the world nobody saves oh nobody me. saves the world i think we already talked about that we just hadn't played it yet did we oh, i could okay. be wrong though but that know. is out that of is course out game pass Drinkbox Studios. Oh, Katie's. Yeah, they're they're going ham behind me. Um, do it for her. Do it for her. Let's talk about some news, Steve. I'm gonna leave the Bauer stuff at the end. A couple more I want to get out of the way. Sure. Uh, Certain Affinity. You might remember we've run job ads for them in the past and covered their work on various games as a support studio. Is reportedly developing an Xbox exclusive. <gasps> That is described as, quote, Monster Hunter-esque, currently slated for a 2023 reveal with a 2024 release date. Certain Affinity has a studio in Toronto. I think that's their only Canadian studio. I think so, yeah. Uh, mainly, they're based out of Texas, I think. Um, yeah. They've done support on, um, like, Call of Duty and stuff. They're, uh, the reason it would be Xbox exclusive, I think, is aren't they owned by are they Activision? Owned? Oh, are they? Oh, no. They're their own thing. Yeah. Huh. So it doesn't have to be an Xbox exclusive. It's just might or okay. So the the thing at the top of the Wikipedia that might indicate that is founded by largely ex Bungie employees. So mm. there, there's probably a Microsoft connection there. And maybe maybe the rumor is, is that it's like a Game Pass like ex, like um, thing. Like maybe they're confusing that. Like it will come to other stuff, but it's like a Game Pass day and date sort of thing. Maybe there's some mm-hmm. mix up in there. But um, yeah, man, everyone. Everyone wants that Monster Hunter money, but like only Monster Hunter is really <laughs> like taking it. Making that money. Making yeah. that money. Yeah. Like Dauntless. Dauntless is doing it. That's um, true. Dauntless is doing well. Other than those two. Uh, but yeah, no, Certain Affinity has worked on like every consequential FPS since like Halo 2. Like they worked on Halo 2, World at War, Left 4 Dead, Black Ops, Halo Reach, the Doom reboot, uh, Modern Warfare Remastered, Halo Infinite, the Master Chief Collection. So, like, 
you know, they've been working on FPSs for a decade. I don't see anything in this list that isn't an FPS. And uh, so all that to say, pivoting a studio who since 2007 has been working exclusively in the FPS genre to a Monster Hunter style, much grander in scope, I imagine. Because they've never made their own original game. They've only supported on other games. Yeah. That I'm like, I don't know, dude, this is a big swing, you know? Yeah. Maybe it'll be like a first-person shooter Monster Hunter type of game. That's true. Monster Hunter-esque doesn't mean third-person. What What would you describe as like a core? Like, it, it would be big sort of co-op boss battles yeah. with like RPG mechanics and, and upgrades <laughs> in that regard. Exactly, yeah. Like, it's the... You're basically, it's basically boss battles mm-hmm. is how I kind of always saw it. Cause they're, you they're, can do that FPS too, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's... Isn't that like... Evolve kind of had the three versus one part of it. But mm. most of the time, yeah, it's... it's it And I think Left 4 Dead... Usually they throw in the three versus one stuff, right? Or four versus one. Asymmetric multiplayer. But this one... Yeah, yeah I don't think there's been like a just a Monster Hunter type of game that isn't like a third person with swords and... And shit. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be... I mean, 2023, we're not going to be... I mean, we're not going to be here. So. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, keep working on it. And uh, hopefully the aliens who pick through the wreckage will can finish it or, or put it up somewhere for, for display. Aliens should just come here and just be like, you guys are just fucking up. We have to take... <laughs> As Calvin and Hobbes once said, the single greatest sign that there's intelligent life out there is that it hasn't tried to contact us. <laughs> so... Yeah, you gotta laugh about it or you'll cry about it. Laugh or or cry. All right, Steve, I want to highlight this article reported by Nathan Grayson, formerly of Kotaku, uh, now at the Washington Post, about our boys, Blackbird Interactive and gals. I shouldn't say boys, but it's a Canadian studio based in Vancouver who made uh, Best Ongoing Game Winner 2020 CanadianGameDevs.com polls Hard Space Shipbreaker. Uh, as well as hard at work on the upcoming Homeworld 3, which is, as I'm understanding, the uh, the strategy community and genre more and more is kind of like like a Cyberpunk 2077 level hype. Like, it's Homeworld 3, like one of the yeah. OG, you know, it would be like not quite a StarCraft 3, but it's like pressures on, you know? Yeah. Uh, this this particular piece highlights how, and I'll just read the, the headline, a video game studio moved to a four-day work week. It quote-unquote saved us, employees say. Um, there's lots of great quotes in here. Basically, as they were uh, getting ready to launch Hard Space, Shipbreaker, and Early Access, and hitting those first couple Early Access milestones, it, by all appearances, was just absolutely miserable at the studio. Just overwork, burning out, people are having breakdowns. Um, one one team uh, anonymously spoke and said, quote, a heavy and unexpected toll, unquote, was taken on the team. Um, they have six projects on the go at once. Damn. One of them's Hard Space. One of them's Homeworld 3. It's a big team, 300 people. Oh, okay. Um, so, so um, but the, the, the studio was worried about, um, as all these pro- projects approached deadlines, just having to crunch to get it done. So you would think... Uh, you know, the, the gut reaction isn't to, all right, let's work on it less, you know, like that isn't yeah. the, the logical, not logical, but that isn't what you would assume they would jump to. Um, but they tested it and, and it quickly found that their, their devs loved it. They were, while they were working, they were, they, they felt they were working better, more efficiently. They felt 
just better in general, which just means you're more interested, not interested in your work, but I think you get what I mean. Like just having an overall better and more cohesive company culture, a higher morale, obviously, um, then once you're in that state, it makes tackling design challenges and, and production challenges, I think, easier. Yeah. Uh, Remy Games <clears throat> tested a four-day work week last summer, or summer 2020, I think, um, and I loved it. I felt great. Not great. I felt much better at work. <laughs> uh, game dev is still hard, and challenges still present themselves constantly, but it's it's especially in the Washington Post like this is the Bezos paper and we're getting a an, a very ringing endorsement of the four day work week and and a prioritizing employee well being which you don't usually get in the Bezos paper uh, and, and yeah it's specifically a Canadian studio that was just looking around like shit we just gotta take care of people mm-hmm. and it turned out that that was what they also needed to do to develop games better. Um, they cite several other Canadian studios in here, like Eidos Montreal is switching to four-day work week after Guardians. Uh, co-op mode uh, is, of course, a game co-op that just probably prioritizes employee health above any other studio in Canada. Um, and yeah, it's just such a great story. I was really excited about it. What do you think, Steve? Uh, I wish I had it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who wants to work five days? Because like... <clears throat> it's like... We're like, we've been working five day weeks for, or five day, yeah, five day weeks for 100 years or so. And people, and like the jobs that are, that are happening now that are in that sort of, you know, in that groove or whatever mm-hmm. didn't even exist, you know, the 100 years ago or even 50 years ago or even, well, yeah, 50 years ago when all this stuff was kind of like more normal. And so <clears throat> it's like, I don't know, just like adapted. Like, what's wrong with like trying it out? And, the one thing that I'm curious about is I don't know, to my knowledge, I don't know of any company that has like su- successfully like launched something yet or have done something mm. with this four day week. Like Eidos Montreal did it after Guardians of the Galaxy, or I think like came out. They adopted it like near the end and then kept it. It was like <clears throat> kind of a bunch of studios tried it for COVID. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, and and I've heard it before. Like in the summer, people kind of like I've, I've had friends who. I've done it. Like, you, you like Ubisoft Toronto ago. did that too last this past summer, four day work week. Yeah, so I'm down with it. I wish I had it. I don't. <laughs> I think the job I have, like, because I work in consulting, so I work with other companies. So I could only, mm-hmm. I would only be able to do it if those companies are four day weeks. Um, but my wife Fachi, her job, they they're kind of um, toying with the idea as well too. So the more companies that do it, the more. Other companies will be forced to do it because people will look at it and apply. Like they'll lose, they'll lose employees to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like who in Montreal right now is in a game dev who doesn't want to work for Idos Montreal? I don't know, man. That game right <laughs> so well critically under uh, the, the under a four day work week at the pivotal moment of development right at the end. Yeah. So like, well, I thought they did okay. after the launch. Was it? I might have the timeline wrong. Let Maybe. me check. So but I'm either way, like, everyone. I think even Jason Schreier, your boy, he posted something about how that is like actually stirring up some stuff in Montreal because, like, Montreal is a huge game dev um, mm-hmm. haven, right? With Ubisoft and all the companies that have filtered out of Ubisoft. Um, so, yeah, the more companies that do it, like, the that gets the snowball rolling and. Uh, 
fuck man who wants to work like i posted something about not about this but i posted something on instagram like a story about like how i support um oh the what's the what's the ubi Mm. and a very right-winged person i don't even gonna say friend anymore but like right-winged person like messaged me and being like you know, smack my head and like, no one wants to work anymore. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, who, mm. who wanted to work ever? <laughs> like we only, you know what it is, Steve, you know what it is. <laughs> like if you I, really I, love your job, then the four day week isn't restricting you. Like you could still, no, you could work if you wanted you could, to. You could, yeah. You could work. It's just like, if you have family, if you have other things you'd rather do, which you should, if you care about your physical and or mental health, yeah. uh, and there's lots like, of reasons to spend more time on yourself. And here's the thing I always say to someone who goes, oh, people don't want to work anymore. No, 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 no. That's that's not the it at all. What you're saying is businesses don't want to pay a wage that workers want. That's actually what's happening because you're not entitled to labor. Just like I'm not entitled to a yacht. I just don't get a yacht because I want a yacht. I have to pay for a yacht. It's set by a market rate. Labor, like my time working for you, has a market rate. And if you don't want to pay that, you don't get it. And so what we saw over the past couple of years was a bunch of people reassessing how much they were willing to sell literal hours of their life for mm-hmm. and deciding, no, I'm not selling it for that anymore. And that's their right as a participant in the market that we all claim to love as much as the business is right to say, okay, I won't pay you what you want. So we're done here. You know, it's not a matter of people not wanting to work. It's a matter of businesses not wanting to pay a wage that people want to work for. No one is owed labor. Yeah. And I think people in general want to like, you know, improve livelihood and stuff of Mm -hmm. through like a service. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I've worked at a job where the product was like, I was like, this is not a product that should exist. And then I've worked Mm -hmm. at a job where I'm like, okay, well, this is a great, you know, this is a good thing that's helping a lot of people. And I feel different about working in those things. So it's just like, who the fuck wants to work? Especially if you work like at a place where you're just like, this thing should, doesn't even need to exist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. These are toys. We're making toys for people to complain about on the internet and on podcasts. Oh, and, and I will, by the way, Guardians of the Galaxy, was it was a fun game you should pick it up apparently square Enix i haven't like, steve i told you like, or no you had to leave but um i had a, a bunch of bugs so oh I yeah you had yeah did you ever go back to it or no no i was i was just like wait a couple patches and then just restart so i forget <laughs> the beginning you know what i mean like that was my my approach That's i want to read a couple quotes from this because i think it helps illustrate the process here so game director elliot hudson on shipbreaker I think my mind immediately went to we can't do that when it was first proposed i just flat out said no it's not going to work uh, and then this is Nathan Grayson writing. It wasn't a seamless transition Transition for some, like the lead producer, uh, Jessica Klein. Glow- growing pains extended even as far as the six-week mark after flipping to four days. She and the team determined that they needed to trim fat from their day-to-day schedules, but a climate, but a climb, acclimating? I think that means like getting used to it. Yeah. Uh, it took time and <clears throat> discipline. So this is a quote from Jessica. We stopped doing one hour meetings and even shortened some to oh, 10 minute check-ins. We questioned God. the attendance of everyone in meetings and encouraged all attendees at all levels to question their own intent attendance. We were absolutely ruthless when it came to protecting our team's time. We had to be Steve. Do you know how many meetings I've been in that could have been emails? most of them. And I think that's a part of another reason this works is like, once you like, okay, once we put the constraints and it's another thing with game development, like 
when you put constraints on a creative process or like a, a production process, like making games, it forces you to come up with creative solutions. So of course you look around at everyone in this like hand, all hands on deck meeting and be like, wait a minute, two people are talking, maybe 10 people need to hear what those two people are saying. And then everyone else should be working right now. There is no reason for you to be here. And if not, and if you do need to be here, just like read what we were talking about in an email after, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or a Slack message. That's like the joke. That's the joke lately. It's like 2022 or sorry, 2020. It's like, this could have been an email. And then like 2021, it's like this email could have been a Slack message. And then 2022 is like, you didn't need to Slack me this. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I think we're, we're, I think we generally are sort of realizing that. Um, And yeah, so I think it's cool. Yeah. I mean, the more uh, companies that do it, the better, because it just means that as a like as people as companies that need to hire people like those are just things that you have to compete against when it comes to you have one developer in five different studios like they're all going to fight for that developer or QA or whoever mm-hmm. or even just poaching it's like oh do you like working on Fridays because over here at our studio you know you get the choice you can work mm-hmm. or you can just you know play Elden Ring all day so oh yeah I know <laughs> I had a couple of coworkers take a sick day yesterday if you know what I mean cough cough cough. Cough, cough, cough. I, I, one of the last things I read today was like some Japanese studio like gave their employees uh, <laughs> the day pay, paid paid <laughs> off day. Awesome, <laughs> man. Here's a funny one. It's an ongoing conversation. Quote said Blackbird director of operations Katie Finley. <clears throat> uh, we're just communicating that if it's a holiday on a Monday, you just get a three day work week. Oh, nice. Whatever. And it's like wow, yeah, like that was that would have been this week. Sense. Yeah. Um, this is from Nathan. As the test progressed, it did not take long for workers to find that their work days and more importantly, their overall mental and physical health had improved. This is another quote from the studio's creative director, Trey Smith. Personally, it makes me feel like I can stay in the industry longer than I thought I could. Mm-hmm. There's a soul tax that comes with shipping every game. And so the IGDA, whenever they run surveys about that, find that on average people leave the game industry within like three to six years. Like you'll get a full-time job, you'll be making games to sustain yourself for less than six years before you're like, holy shit, this sucks and I hate it and you leave. Mm-hmm. And so what's a way to combat that? And I think policies like this are, are, are a step in that direction. Cause like I've, I've been working at Remy games for three years and you know, I've gotten in trouble for saying things for Remy games on our discord, um, full disclosure, but you know, it, the more you work in games and the more time you spend 40 hours a week staring at a single piece of software, the less you care about games, honestly, like, and it's affected my, enjoyment of video games in my spare time in many ways um and i think more policies like this that give you a bigger work-life balance would be better for not only your work but also just your enjoyment of this hobby i think that's fair good canadian game devs will go to a four-day work week for canadian game devs has been on a no-day work for a couple (laughs) of weeks steve i'm so sorry everyone uh but yeah so shout out to blackbird interactive um square enix montreal i mean idos montreal i think there's also a square enix montreal so you gotta distinguish and yeah keep up the good work isn't square enix don't they own idos montreal am i wrong they do it's idos oh so oh that is square enix montreal because I thought there was just a Square Enix Montreal and they did the... No, I think Idos Montreal was the, the helping studio on the Avengers game. I feel like. Okay. So let me check, because Idos... No, because Idos Montreal just used to be Idos. And then they got bought. Idos Montreal is in... No, Idos Montreal 2007. Yeah, they're two different studios. Oh. Square Enix Montreal and Idos Montreal are two different studios. 
Square Enix did, yeah, the Avengers game. Eidos did Guardians, Deus Ex, um, Tomb Raider. Oh, and then Eidos Montreal also assisted on it. But yeah, very confusing. Yeah, Lots I mm-hmm. of subsidiaries. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on. Me neither, Steve. I, I'm Speaking assuming it knowing, in some way it's to pay less taxes in, in, at the end of the day. <laughs> I assume so. Uh, Steve, folks might remember from the Game Awards, sorry, the Keeleys 2021 uh, Inflection Games, a new studio never heard of before, announced Nightingale, sort of like a Victorian England steampunk four-player online, uh, what do they call it? A survival crafting game. Oh, Uh the game's not even out. It was announced less than three months ago, and they've been bought by Tencent. So uh, f- founded by former Bioware boss Aaron Flynn, uh, Inflection Games has been sold to the Chinese tech conglomerate Tencent. Uh, development, this is a, a, according to Eurogamer, Eurogamer, development will now continue, th- though changes have been made as Inflection is no longer part of Improbable, the company behind the vaguely defined cloud computing tech spatial OS. So they, I guess they were sold from one company to another. Mm. Um, last month Improbable announced it was effectively trying to ramp up their own Google Stadia, quitting internal game development. This left Nightingale's future in question. So that was probably them like, uh, just, they want to buy us. Our current employer said they want to stop making games. Uh, <laughs> Flynn says, quote, we made that decision last summer in conjunction with some other things we want to do with the game, largely driven from a game design standpoint where we want to take the game. More and more, we're investing in elements of our survival crafting experience, and we made the decision to ensure we could ship this game and not find ourselves in the very long development cycle that many MMOs do. We would walk away from those things, which is fair. Like I was just talking yesterday to a a friend about um, uh, Lost Ark which was an MMO that was like mm. announced in 2011. It launched in South Korea in 2019 and then just launched in North America this month. And yeah, obviously making an MMO is freaking hard and, and in internet tech and stuff changes so quickly that like through development, you're updating yourself. So you want to make it in a shorter amount of time than you would like a red dead two, for example. Um, but yeah, so another Canadian studio, Canadian for, I guess, a couple of months and uh, <laughs> joining Clay and several other Canadian studios in being owned by Tencent. Where are they located? Edmonton, Alberta. Yeah. Um, a bunch of, uh, Bioware I, former people. Bioware. So probably just left and started there. <clears throat> That's fair. But that brings us to our last story of the week, Steve. Uh, what the hell is going on at Bioware. So I want to highlight first though, some reporting I did for us on the site. Report Dragon Age delayed out of 2022. The eagerly anticipated fourth installment in Bioware's beloved RPG series is not hitting their 2022 release target. You'll remember, Steve, previously EF- EA CFO Blake Jorgensen uh, <laughs> said that Dragon Age won't be out before April 2022, but they want it to be in EA's 2022 fiscal year, which ends April 2023. Which makes it think like probably a holiday or spring or holiday or early winter yeah. game like this year. But that's not happening anymore. According to Tom <laughs> Henderson, who's uh, corroborated through Jeff Grubb, two people who just like basically just confirm news that gets re- that confirmed by the developer like a week or two later. Uh, there is, quote unquote, no chance the game hits that previously stated target. Um, 
and then I added a bit more context here. Dragon Age's next installment has had a fraught development with many major gaps in news, as well as huge studio departures. <coughs> it was originally announced in 2018, Steve. How young we were. Uh, <laughs> we didn't hear anything else about the game for another two years until we got a similar CGI trailer at the Game Awards 2020. Um, and it was still concept. Uh, no, yeah, I was just going to say it wasn't. It not, we have actually never seen anything in game. Never mind even a CGI trailer. It's all, it's all been concept art, hasn't it? Precisely. Yes. Yeah. Nothing has been in engine. Everything has been conceptual since <laughs> it's been announced. Um, and then it was announced that uh, several high-profile Bioware developers, like Casey Hudson, who was leading the next Mass Effect, and Mark Dara, who was leading this game, uh, just quit the studio and were like, "We're done. Walking away." Um, that speaks to, I think, a very fraught, very poorly planned game development process, which we know through the quote-unquote Bioware magic is just how they do this all the time. They very poorly lay out a plan. Um, they get to the point where they realize what they need to do, and then they make everyone work 70-hour weeks for a couple of months until it's done. That's Bioware magic. Um and I want to bring this discussion now into a report from Kotaku. Uh, former Dragon Age producer Mark Dara says, Bioware magic is a shit process. <laughs> um, uh, he posted, it was weird, Steve. He posted t- this to his own YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, the name of the video was quote unquote Bioware magic <clears throat> dash rants hashtag crunch. The yeah, thumbnail, got to get the SEO, you know what I mean? The thumbnail is such a YouTuber thumbnail of like him doing a face palm in one corner with like I'm sure the first clip art or the first like Getty image result for magician uh on the left with magic in quotes and then the Bioware logo on one of the cards. I would describe it as cringe. Uh but here's the full quote from the video. Bioware magic is a shit process. It's putting a name, it's putting a name on saying don't worry. Don't freak out because we know that at a future date, it's all going to get faster. It's all going to work out. But the reality is that the quote-unquote working out is where the crunch comes from. It's where delayed games come from. So having the guy who was in charge of this game and and worked on this series for several years, over a decade, I think, uh, quit, turn around on their YouTube channel, and then publish a video talking about how the way you make games is... He called it shit and garbage. (laughs) Not a great look. Uh, I'm sure lawyers were swiftly involved. Uh, no lawsuits or def- or anything has been uh, filed, so I'm sure no NDAs were violated. But what do you make of all this, Steve? Didn't I might be confusing <clears throat> some things, but didn't then people when this guy posted the video, didn't people like shit on him and be yes. like part of so, the part of the problem was this guy? You and were that literally makes sense in charge the of the game. Yeah, like he's the lead. Like, so yes. if anyone's to blame for crunch and shitty culture, it's your leaders. <laughs> you know so what this I mean? is where this is where I want to get back to what what had been dropped into our DMs um, previously. That uh, people who'd worked under Casey Hudson, Mark Dara, at Bioware on games where Bioware magic happened were like, "This is bullshit." Is Casey, Lots by of- the way, is Casey Hudson the IGN guy as well? No, that different me too Casey did, Hudson. Or, okay. No, different Casey Hudson. Um, or was not me too? But he was, um, he was part like, of the whole IGN. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was called. He was basically called out for being harassed, like harassing writers. Different. Yeah, good clarification. Different Casey Hudson. <laughs> so Casey, uh, don't name your kid Casey Hudson if your last name's Hudson. Just stay away. From <laughs> just that. stay away from Casey for at least a hundred oh, years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, he 
he was definitely part of the Bioware magic. If you are a creative director, if you are a producer, if you are a game director, you are part of setting the schedule. You are the one talking to the executives and relaying that information back to the team. You are the pivot point at which things can change. And if nothing changed and then you quit, you might as like, you know, it's that old Voltaire quote, all that's required for good for evil to succeed is for good people to do nothing. Uh, you did nothing. It's it, Bioware magic kept happening. People crunched and burnt out and got miserable and got divorced and left Bioware. And, and you were there the whole time collecting a paycheck bigger than theirs for doing nothing to help them. Uh, and so, yeah, we, I've definitely from people I trust and who had no, you know, everyone has their own motives and perspectives. Yeah, we people didn't reach out to anyone. Having, people reached out to us about it. Exactly. <laughs> people I would describe as having no reason to lie, or at least to me feels like genuine, um, not corroborated, but just like people telling us this is bullshit. So I wanted to highlight this is probably bullshit. Yeah, and I did see the whole, like, I saw that stuff, um, people calling him, calling him out on this, like mm-hmm. through other channels as well. So it wasn't just like, no, there were lots of people publicly on Twitter <coughs> saying, this is dumb. I worked for you. You're wrong. Yeah. And that's all the evidence. Apparently there was something where he would just like, he would send an email at the end of the day every time of just like my musings or whatever. And then it would just be random ideas that they wanted to do, but that would just be it. He would just say like, you know, I think this character should be introduced here and then like provide nothing, whether it's like an actual goal of theirs or what to do next. It would just be random things. Just like, what are you doing? <laughs> that's not a good, um, <laughs> it's not good. That's no. not a good process. No, it's like that's a, how you, you want ants. You want Bioware magic. That's how you get Bioware magic. Did that Bioware book ever come out? Yes. 25 years of Bioware. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it holds no useful information at all, but it. lots, lots of very pretty, um, concept art and probably team picks from various game launches. Yeah. Man, yeah, so Bioware, man, shout out to Blake, one of our OGs still working on Dragon Age 4, uh, active in the Discord. Hope the process improves. Oh, yeah, we should say the people that reached out to us are former employees, not... Former employees, no one currently working for Bioware, but people who have worked directly for the people named in these stories, which, yeah. yeah. (sighs) All right, Steve, that's it for the news this week. You okay? You doing okay? You all right? I am. I'm... You know, I'm, make sure. I'm going. I'm going to therapy now. I'm talking to someone. I'm, I have. I have a. Th- I have an appointment today. So there we go. Good. It's helpful. I think. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I've never. I've always like. Uh, you know, the uh, therapists are probably similar to your dentists for you to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> like, I waste, know waste what's wrong. Yeah, I know. Like, I know what would need to change for me to feel better, and it involves a, a lot of sharpened angled blades but that's not going to happen so what, what's the point in talking to someone about everything i know is wrong but turns out i was a little wrong myself and that's part of the process well you're allowed to be wrong people are allowed to be wrong. <laughs> it's a good thing too because i'm do i do it frequently <laughs> it's a good thing we're allowed don't i know it Oh man, wah, 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 wah. Uh, Steve, I played a couple of games this past month, past month. I'd like to talk about, and I'd like to to hear from you about what you've played. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we're, yeah, recently, we're not going to do uh, wish lists. We're, we're keeping oh, yeah. it a tight one hour. Keeping it, yeah, a, a tight. You know, that's how we got to get these episodes done. I think, like, uh, oh yeah, I'm I'm only free right now because Heather and and Sophia are at gymnastics. And I was like, and we're both, all three of us are kind of feeling not super great, mm. St- some stomach issues and stuff. So yes, speaking of a. Uh, wasting people's time and like keeping things efficient earlier. <laughs> We're going to do that here at CanadianGameDevs.com. That's right. 
Uh, I played a couple new Jackbox games, Steve. Do you? What's your experience with Jackbox? Why don't you tell me there first? Very little. I played Jackbox back in like 1997 on the PC. <laughs> um, and back then when I, it was the you don't know Jack, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I played. I have one of them on Switch because mm. uh, Jake Budno, friend of the site, um, and makers super, of our theme song and Super Animal Royale soundtrack person. Um, he, him and his partner came over one time and we, and I was like, oh, he was like, oh, Jackbox, man, like get it, blah, blah, blah. So I, I picked it up great. and I only played it like that one time, but it was great. So I have very little experience with it. Some of okay. which was before you were born. So fair. Okay. My experience <laughs> with Jackbox was discovering at university uh, and then quickly it becoming like the party game. Like even if people are playing beer pong or like whatever around you, like someone has like hooked up their laptop or their switch to the TV and Jackbox is on the screen and it's a full party. So like Jackbox has been like a core part of my socialization for a while now. But what had happened is like, they come out with these packs every so often. They're on eight now is the most recently released ones. I hop in, I try a couple and then I just go back to quiplash, fibbage, murder party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, Everyone goes back to those ones. But so I had some friends down this week who were like, play some of the ones in eight. And I was like, okay, so we downloaded, they logged in under their Steam on my computer. We played them. And I was really surprised by how much I actually enjoyed some of these new Jackbox games. Uh, I want to throw out, in, in Party Pack 8 specifically, there's one called Job Job, which is really funny. Uh, and also, as in like a, an aesthetic, it is like mid-2000s Microsoft clip art. Like everything looks like that, like super corporate, almost like The Office style. Uh, in a way that like is super endearing and was a lot of fun. Um, and basically it's kind of like, it's kind of like quiplash in terms of like you come up with something funny and someone else comes up with something funny and they go head to head and everyone votes, Mm -hmm. but you actually make your funny suggestion off of, you like pull it from a word bank of, of words that people have answered to like job questions. Like where do you want to see yourself in five years? What's your biggest weakness? And so people answer those questions and then you answer a different question from a word bank of all of the, their answers. So you can use words like a, like a make, like a, a ransom note cut out of a magazine. You, know oh, I mean? you can just yeah, pull yeah. words in and make a word and make a sentence out of it. It was so funny. We were killing ourselves uh, laughing. Uh, speaking of killing yourselves, weapons drawn also <laughs> in party pack eight. I want to highlight as well. Cause it was I thought, so I thought the podcast was about to go really, really <laughs> dark. <laughs> uh, nope. Weapons drawn also in party pack eight is so funny. And basically the idea there is you're all at like a masked ball. Um, and it's kind of like clue in terms of like, someone's going to kill someone else. Uh, and you have to kind of figure out who did it. And like, you name the other guests at the party. So you're trying to give them funny names or names that like someone would want to kill, which, you know, that, you know, take your mind where that goes. Uh, and then every, and then other players are trying to like figure out who, uh, did it. But the way you're figuring it out is at the beginning of the game, everyone draws two weapons, uh, kind of like um, draws on your phone screen, like they've used for TKO or Drawful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. have to draw a weapon, but in that weapon, you have to hide a letter from your name. Uh, and so anytime you do a murder and someone like goes to investigate, they will then uh, compare the murder weapon with your your other picture and try and like see a letter in it. Uh, I'm not describing it well. It's so hard to describe these kind of games because they are just tutorialized really well with just like a quick video at the beginning. 
Um, but I've been really enjoying Jackbox Party Pack 8. And I, and I have a sneaking suspicion, Steve, that there's other people out there like me who just play the same Jackbox games over and over and over again who are, I, I think are missing out not checking out some of these new ones. Yeah. I, I didn't even know they're at 8. Like, I didn't know that they were still kind of pumping. Because, yeah, anytime I play them, it's just the same games. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm yep. just like, why would they make? I'm assuming they just kind of sell these on every single platform that could ever come out. Basically, um, cool. That's, yeah. I mean, the next time you're up, we should play. Oh, we'll play Jackbox. Or when, we'll or, Jackbox. when or when we go to Halifax. So. Yes. Yeah, we'll go blow all our money at the casino and then drown yeah, in the in Jackbox. Oh my god, dude! And get some lobster. Wait, before you blow, your, we have to go lobster then casino, so yes. we have money to spend on the lobster. Okay. And then, depending on how the casino goes, we either go for lobster again, back for lobster, or, or, or go home and or, play Jackbox or McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> or McDonald's, and then go home and play Jackbox. I love it. <laughs> Uh, what have you been playing, Steve? Uh, yeah, decent amount of things, but some of the things I want to highlight, there's a game called Tormented Souls, which um, came out on, it's on like Steam, PS5, PS4. That sounds familiar. And oh, that was the game you showed me you got a physical copy of for PS5. Yeah, because it was basically like, it's a Resident Evil mixed with Silent Hill, but it's like that fixed camera kind of style oh, wow. game. It really is, huh? And um, and they they hit all the cliches and, and stuff like you, you know, there's a big open kind of lobby area, like one of the first areas you go into the game, just like in Resident Evil 2 and stuff. Um, mm. And it even grabs the like horror um, cliches, like, you know, naked women and, you know, creepy babies and all that shit. Um, mm-hmm. This trailer, I'm getting like, uh, there's a morgue with like feet coming out of the yeah. the thing that they put the bodies on. Creepy priest, all this stuff. There, there's some cool little twists and things like that, but overall, creepy like priest, it's, it's... Creepy priest implies non-creepy police, priest, which <laughs> I don't yeah. think exists. All right, there you go. Um, <laughs> and so it's, yeah, it's basically just a fixed camera Resident Evil type of game. And it's fucking awesome because there's no games like this anymore. Um and I played it and like loved it. Uh, apparently, it just—I saw some things where it's like this game is out on PS4 and Xbox One. And I was like, I played it already, but I think it actually came to PS5 and Xbox Series X first, and then they ported it backwards or whatever. Huh? Um, That's not usually how that goes. I know because because I saw the tweet where it was just like now available, or I think we even got a press release where it's like this is now available. And I was like, I beat this game like four months ago. Like, um, but Tormented Souls—it's awesome. Because I similar to that, I picked up Daymare, uh, which is like the Resident Evil 2 remake, um, third person shooter. But it's so janky mm. that I was just like, oh, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. But they have. I a, can tell. I can. I can feel it. Like Steve, in our conversations, you're fiending for like Resident <laughs> Evil. Something. Oh, dude! You, when you that countdown, it. when that countdown happened, and it wasn't, and it was just Street Fighter. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> But there, what was the one you sent me? There's a rumored Code Veronica remake. Yeah, um, I mean, Resident Evil 4 remake is pretty much, like, obviously confirmed. going to happen. And I yeah. think it was even in that NVIDIA leak. Um, a lot oh, ago, interesting. Which is, like, slowly becoming just, like, t- truth. Like, every game in there so far has been announced. Um, and, but, so, the the question amongst Resident Evil fans right now is, is if they're going to skip Resident Evil 0 and Resident Evil Code Veronica, which I hope they don't. No. Um, <laughs> And I guess but they the will, rumor, Steve. But you hope they don't. I hope they, they don't. will. <laughs> just like you with Sly Cooper Five, I'm just grasping onto the idea that they'll remake Code Veronica because now Code Veronica is like the oldest Resident Evil, like that hasn't been touched. That hasn't been touched at all, huh? And it's the one, 
like every one after that was Resident Evil Zero or sorry Resident Evil One remake and Resident Evil Zero, which like looks beautiful. Like Resident Evil Code Veronica is like an early. It's a Dreamcast game. It's an early PS2 game, so it didn't. Uh, it just looks you know it looks dated. What um, was the 3DS one? Wasn't it kind of related to the Code Resident Evil Revelations? Is that was that one connected to Code Veronica or am I misremembering? No, you're misremembering. Okay. So it has Jill Valentine in it. Ah, stuff. okay, man. Um, so which, Daymare. Slight thumb down from Steve. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even like jump it. back to it. Apparently, it has a sequel coming. And IGN actually did a report on it or whatever, and and had a QA with it. And I read it, and I was like, okay, hopefully it's a little less janky. You so play Nightmare. Get I, ready for Nightmare. Exactly. Um, so I want to give a shout out to Tormented Soul because like for survival horror, like it was it was fucking dope. Um, nice. That's good. I did play Nobody Saves the World. Yes. It's, it's been a uh, long time coming, Steve. What do has, you think? It has the disadvantage of being on the Xbox, which is downstairs, which I rarely play. Mm. But yeah, I'm not like, you know, I guess there's something to say. Like I wasn't driven to it after the first night. Like I only played it that very first night. I played mm-hmm. two hours of it or so. Like, And, uh, you know, it has the grindy moments where it's just like you're just pl- plummeted with you know, little quests. Quests. So many up. quests, dude. And I'm just like, ah. Oh. And I tried to ignore them to just to just play and then was like, okay, the quests will kind of fill themselves as, mm-hmm. as I play. Yeah. And that did happen, but then I would still, I would hit like kind of eventually, cause when you complete the quest, you get, I think it's like stars or something. Right. And you need some mm-hmm. stars to progress. So when I, when I was playing and then I would hit like a roadblock and I was like, Oh now I actually need to like, look at what some of these quests are. Cause it's like, you know, defeat however many enemies with like this skill. And if I never use the skill, then I didn't, I didn't complete the quest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the humor was awesome. It definitely has a drink box style to it. I want to play it more, but I literally just never play my Xbox. Like it's just downstairs mm-hmm. and when it, you know, I only have so much free time and PlayStation just takes over that free time. Um, so I want to, I want to get back to it, but you know, there's something to say, like it didn't, I love drink box studios, obviously. And it didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't, um, it didn't drive me to, but, but I don't like. I don't think either of us see that as a bad thing. Like this is just a, a game that is of a, a very high quality. I think and is and I'm very glad they made it. But it's just a game we don't like. Yeah, and that's that's okay. I do like, want to play multiplayer because like even playing it, I was like, you need this game is clearly better multiplayer. I think we need to stream it like so legally need- as a as a drink box game. <laughs> we need to stream it on Canadian Game Devs Twitch. We should we should try. We should let's try and the soonish to like. Yeah. At least play together. I don't know about streaming, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we should try to... I want to give it another chance. Um, yeah. Because what might end up happening is, like, whenever it comes to PlayStation, I just buy it on PlayStation and just play it. Hopefully there's cross-play. I think there is right now for... There is right well, now for PC Game Pass. Xbox. It's on Xbox right. Game Pass. So we can just but play But if you buy it on playstation I, I assume you'll want to oh play I, see, there. I see yeah and then i'll want to play with you there so yeah but that's not yeah. even announced yet so who knows no, no. it's probably a year long thing yeah. like all the other exclusive i think i think within the next year we can we can find some time to play <laughs> yeah yeah Cup, um, cuphead's on switch uh nobody saves the world will probably be on everything you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Um, um and then speaking of grindy i did play horizon 2 oh man you would fuck you would hate this game don't, that's fair don't that's, play okay. this game okay thank you steve it has it's it's open world it, it's it's horizon sequel like it is very much what you think it would be it's mm-hmm. gorgeous it controls well fighting the robots is fun shooting arrows all that good shit that's good i have two major complaints mm. one is like 
it's not entirely super obvious where I have to go to climb to get to certain places. Hmm. Specifically, like it's not in, like a it's so like as contrasted with Breath of the Wild, you don't just like sprint into a wall and just no, climbing. yeah, you can There's only like climb. yellow paths yeah, exactly. and stuff. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so, just in these sort of mini dungeons or whatever, it's just I'm just like, where the like I know where I have to go, but where the fuck does the game want me to go? You need some sort of detective vision or well, climber's like, vision or something. I don't know if I'm just an idiot because like you do have the like focus thing and you can hit R three and and it shows it, but it's not super obvious a lot of the time so one example was like i was in a mine shaft mm-hmm. and i had to climb up to get to like the mine cart with dynamite and the 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 place i had to climb was there was a ladder so they didn't highlight the ladder but it was so dark that i couldn't see the ladder mm-hmm. and then when i climbed up it then i saw like then it highlighted yellow on like these beams that i had to climb because they were like to the game it's not as obvious that i can climb the beams but it's like, oh, yeah, it's a ladder. Of course you can climb. But it was so dark and stuff that I was like, oh, I don't know where to go. The other thing is it's there's way too many skills. It's uh, just so – I'm like, guys, you don't need – it doesn't – like I, you get two skill points when you, when you beat a quest. You get a skill point when you just do random shit, when you level up. I, I don't even look at the skill tree anymore. I just do what you said last time, which is just go down one tree, just complete it. And then when I com- when I'm going to complete that, I'll go to the next tree. Like I don't even yeah, you'll have it all completed by the end anyway. Like if you were to do it, if you were to like um, go in there every time you get a skill tree, you'd be going into that skill tree every like ten fifteen minutes. Go go in there every time you get a skill point and like try to like make a decision about yeah. which skill to upgrade. It would just add so much to your time. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I'm sure there's people who <laughs> want to do that. Like there's some real freaks out there. Me as an RPG <laughs> guy. I'm like, yo, this is too much. You don't need to do this. And it's, it's thin, like there's certain things that like this could have just been part of the level up process where it's just like your attacks do 10% more damage. I'm like, this could have just been part of the leveling up. Like you mm-hmm. just increase my health and you give me a skill tree or skill point. I'm like, you don't need to give me fucking 4,000 skill points. It's a game. Mm-hmm. It's an open world game. You shoot arrows at dinosaurs. Like, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm literally just, I, I just, Whenever I go in, or sorry, anytime I'm like, okay, I'll go in because I have like 12 skill points. And then I just mm-hmm. like, I just go down the tree. I'm like, I don't even want to do this. I was um, elected to lead, not and, to read. And I wish like, because Mass Effect has like, um, like the auto level up stuff. Mm, I do like that. And I was like, just give me the auto lo- level up. Like, and I looked through the accessibility options and stuff because it, it does have a lot of accessibility options. Like, it's pretty sweet to see. And I was like, just fucking level up for me. Like, I don't care. I don't yep. like for the, where I am in the game. Like I don't need certain skills. Maybe it's at some point, like there'll be a time where I need to look in the skill tree and actually kind of maybe level up and grind and stuff. I'm fine with that. But right now I'm just like, I don't care if you increase my bow damage by 2% or if you fucking, you know, make me more stealthy. Like it doesn't. <laughs> don't you want to harvest twigs 1% faster, Steve? Don't, That's don't the other you want to increase a your climbing the... speed on slick surfaces 3%? A lot of the systems are in place, and I'm like, I know there's a skill tree to speed this up. Like creating, crafting traps and stuff, you could do it like mm. in the game or like in battle. And I'm like, it's so slow in planting stuff. And I'm like, I know that there are skills to like make this faster. And I hate 
I hate that. <laughs> it's funny you say that because one of the biggest critiques I read of Dying Light 2 was it's so obvious from the beginning how these skills are supposed to feel. Like what the like, ah, yes, this is how this is supposed to feel so that the pacing of, of moment-to-moment gameplay feels good. That's been so clawed back at the beginning to have you like unlock yeah. skills up to that point that it makes you almost not want to do it in that moment because you're like, why am I going to do for the next 10 or 15 hours just like a purposely slowed down and worse feeling version of what I know this skill is or action is supposed to feel like yeah no, no, no like i enjoy good rpg mechanics but this mm-hmm. you know you can you can screw it up and I think, sometimes less is more yeah. yeah um and i didn't because i know you had that problem with horizon one and i didn't mm. so i'm like when i'm playing this i'm like steven should not play this game <laughs> unless <laughs> there's a patch know. to like like unless i can give you a save for new game plus or something yeah or there is an auto level feature so you can just have it do for you automatically dude auto level would solve so much of it for me yeah i i wish it did um mm. and it's, that's the the next future of accessibility features in that regard is and like, it's weird because like, it's super accessible like there's so much like the menu and i literally read through the accessibility menus for like 10 minutes i'm like it's got to be here like you can hook up a second controller to just control aloy certain parts if you want like if you want to huh. have me do like moving with the left part and then like someone else do it with the right part because someone you know might not be able to use both hands or something like that or yeah you can do that i was like ah like how do you have that (laughs) and not just like the ability for me to just not fucking learn you know read an essay on all the different skills and stuff yeah yeah because some of the things too i'm like i don't even know what this means it's just right you're not at that point in the game yet. yeah i'm like i don't know what it means to I don't know, I can't think of an example. But that's the worst. That's the game mechanic equivalent of in uh, subtitles when the subtitle speaker gives away the character before they do oh, yeah. what I mean. <laughs> that what you're talking about, like the skill tree spoiling and like stuff doesn't make sense later, is like when it's supposed to be a big character reveal, but like their subtitle coming up spoils it. Yeah. Instead of saying unknown voice, it says whoever whatever. The like, bad guy who died earlier. Like in um <laughs> did you see okay, so on TikTok there was all these memes about uh, how MCU ruined like after credit scenes and stuff because mm. people like people wait or whatever and, and the people who work at movies only have so much time to fucking clean up the movie. Oh, I didn't even know that, but that makes so much sense. Yeah, so now like end credits is such a thing that even people will stay will stay in movies waiting for end credits. So the joke was like your World War One movie won't have an end credits like hinting Set. at Hitler. <laughs> and then the new uh, um the uh-oh. new Kinsman movie uh literally has no, some guy and Lennon and he's oh. like, come in here, come in here. And someone walks up and then it's like, comrade Lennon, I want you to meet this person. And then it like focuses on the dude and he's like, I'm Adolf Hitler. And I was, oh my <laughs> God. That's so funny. <laughs> Did great. Lennon ever meet Hitler? Is that a real thing? Uh, maybe when did Lennon die? Maybe it might not have been Lennon. Maybe it was Hitler. But I think also part of it is, um, you know, it's like, uh, kind of shadow shadowy stuff right it's the no he died in 1924 so there's no way that he he met lennon unless there's like a unless there's like a thing where in the movie lennon like survived or something but maybe it was stalin then in 2009 the new york times reported uh an alleged photo of hitler meeting lennon sold at auction oh weird because he died in 1924 which was when was hitler born uh like 19 or 18 something something he was he fought in World War One. 1889. Okay, so they would have both been Well, isn't it? They that... would have both been alive and like an adult for like 20 years. Yeah, but I'm more so thinking like Hitler was irrelevant by the time he right. died. It's like you and I like 
you know, we haven't met Trudeau. <laughs> you know? Right. So. Yeah. Okay. I get what you mean. Huh. As much as you want to meet with Trudeau, I'm sure. I'd love to have a conversation with JT. We should bring him on the podcast. JT, if you're listening, if any of your people are listening, come on CanadianGameDevs.com. I oh. would love to ask some questions. What game? What game you know, do you think Justin Trudeau plays? Yeah. He played Fortnite once to like oh, do a video. He? Oh. Yeah. yeah. He did he did terribly, but Oh, I'm sure. He's not great at building or destroying, turns out. Um <laughs> Anywho, uh Steve, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Vampire Survivors, which have you heard of this game that just blew up out of nowhere? No. Oh my god, Steve. Hold on. Let me check how many Steam reviews it has right now. Vampire it's Survivors. Two two ninety nine on Steam. Ooh. Uh, early access Canadian, and it currently has fifty one thousand one hundred and seventy eight overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam. Uh, let's let's pull out a funny one. Hold on, this game rules. Absolute Chad design. Do I need a cutscene explaining what's happening? No. You press start and you kill stuff till you die. Do I need to press buttons to attack? No. Everything attacks automatically. Uh, better make this game $60 and add some hot graphics? No. You'll take this uh, Castlevania ripoff pixel art sprite <laughs> sheet and be happy with it. Uh, and then the next top funny review is If Heroin Was a Video Game. Um, that's wow. a good review. If you don't know Steve or anyone else listening, uh, this is a game by Ponkle, P O N C L E, not Canadian as far as I can tell. Um, but um, so you automatically attack. The game opens. You're like on a pixel, like very. Uh, pixel art classic sort of nes style pixel art uh very plain tile maps everywhere um and it's a roguelike i think yes everything resets at the end but runs are like five ten like if you're playing for more than 20 minutes that's a long run you know what Mm -hmm, i mean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and basically you just automatically attack in whichever direction you're facing uh, as you get in and the enemies come in from the sides and you can move around uh, you can kill enemies to get these blue things they drop that just level up this blue bar at the top of your screen that goes from the farthest left side to the right side. Once that fills up, you level up. You get to pick an upgrade that's like a new uh, attack that fires periodically like your other ones or an upgrade to an existing attack. Um, sometimes you can heal back. Um, and yeah, you basically just walk around. You move around this screen just like almost like a bullet hell dodging while like positioning yourself. So your, your attacks that face forward hit who you want them to hit your attacks that do a 360 around you hit who you want them to hit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just play until like it gets a silly, like the, like you'll be in the middle, like there, you can't see the grass behind just all the characters and you on the screen and all the effects of your attack. Like it gets that level of silly. Um, yeah, it's just really, good and it's three bucks it's early access they say uh about one year for the planned content but depending on player feedback might take longer and yeah like i bought it i played it for like an hour and i was like all right i'm sold i'll play this in a year whenever when he's done but vampire survivors kind of like castlevania auto battler roguelike is how i would describe it bullet hell big big time that's sweet I'm gonna have to yeah yeah it's great play it on my steam deck which i didn't get an email about Oh, wait, wait, hold on. I think it's verified. Let me check my... Because uh, Steam has that thing on the front page that's like, see which of your... What what in your library is... Oh, verified. yeah, I only have two... I mean, I don't have a lot of Steam games compared to other people, but I only had two verified games, and it was Half-Life and um, uh, Rogue Legacy 2. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, Vampire Survivors is deck verified. Ooh, there you sick. go, Steve. Rogue Legacy 2. Is there any other Canadian ones on here? Don't Starve Together. 
undermine is rogue uh, or Steam Deck verified. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. those are all. Oh, Witchwood, Witchwood, Steam Deck verified. Oh, PS Five verified go. too. So Art of Rally, lots of Canadian Steam Deck verified, and of course, <laughs> uh, uh, Paper Cut Games in Montreal. They they were tweeting out how you can. They were playing it like in like minus twenty degrees outside, just like do the check if it works, <laughs> which was very funny and Canadian uh, relevant, I would say. Nice. Anyway, that's it, I think, for episode number 206 of the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. A lot we didn't cover. It's it's been a big gap since our last episode. We didn't even talk about football, Steve. There was a whole NFL Super Bowl. Football, Activision, Bungie. Activision, Bungie. They bought Bungie. Oh, my God. Anyway, enough time for that. You probably get that on all your normie podcasts that aren't Canadian-focused anyway. Yeah, I mean, the Bungie one doesn't really affect us. Activision does, though. That's true. They have several Canadian studios. <clears throat> I saw Greg uh, Miller said fuck Bobby Kotick at the Game Awards last night. Hey, the look, Dice it's the, the bare minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if the next Activision game wants to sponsor a kind of funny show, we'll, uh, we'll see how long those uh, stances stand. You know what I mean? Well, there's only like one um, Activision game a year, so. That's true. And there's no COD game this year, which is interesting. This will no, be the first year since 2007. Oh, 2023. You're right. First yeah. year since 2007, I think. Um. Thank you for listening. If you want to help us keep doing what we do, once again, that's patreon.com slash Canadian Game Devs. Our next goal is to get Steve and I the same mic. It'll just make this all easier and more consistent sounding. So if you want to help us sound better in your ear holes, uh, head over there, $5 tier or higher. We'd like to leave your name at the end of every episode as a personal thanks. So thank you so much to Eric Beer, Nicholas A. Zorko, Elizabeth Avery, Jean Leggett, Meow the Leon, Javier Aguila, Aaron McLeod, Daniel Quack, Miller, Doug Z, Stacey H, David Nagy, Kai Hutchins, Eleanor, and new patron and <laughs> featured guest on previous episode, Adam Boyce. Thank you, Adam, for your support. Oh, yeah. On the podcast. Uh, our intro music's by Jake Buttono, at Jake Buttono, B-U-T-I-N-E-A-O, sorry, E-A-U on Twitter. But no. And our outro music is by Composing Dan on Twitter capital c oh yeah donna monsters got announced for ps4 and ps5 as well so i'm still that's big and that's big. the teenage mean neutrals game got announced for ps4 as well so. and and uh they announced who's the <coughs> splinter is one of the characters now because it was the girl was the first reveal april. and april and then splinter do you think they'll announce anymore would you place any bets on it here at the end of the pod that's probably everyone K- huh? casey will will be in the game at some at some point maybe dlc maybe or something like like that <coughs> x dlc for streets of rage 4 yeah exactly yeah, which I, okay. I almost bought i was very very close to buying that but um, so wait is that not on your physical copy what the the dlc for streets of rage 4 i don't know it's still sealed i don't know oh interesting I okay it. okay um if you i doubt it though i think it came i think i got that before the dlc was even announced so so that's interesting so that do you think they'll do another physical version that's like complete or whatever they better not i'm not gonna <laughs> no. spend like 70 dollars on that one <laughs> that's true uh leave us a review if you're on apple or a podcast or another platform that has it if not send us any feedback or questions you have for contact at canadiangamedevs.com we're at canada game devs on twitter steve and i are in the bio there if you want to follow our personals mine i've been hemorrhaging followers making a lot of uh comments about current events so you could be a follower i lose really quickly if you want um yeah that's it 206 in the books thanks steve thank you listeners toodaloo
They're so like, me in Ireland, I'm a poser. I just like <laughs> I just like the idea of it. All right. <clears throat>